Electric Ghost, and we're happy to have Jed James on the line. And um, you're you're an electronic music producer from Detroit, right? Yes, sir. And so you um, yeah, you're in. Yeah, go ahead. Currently, anyways. <laughs> that's where you are. That's where um, you're based right now. Um, so yeah. you you're into like techno, jet, ghetto tech, Detroit electro. That's your style. Yes. So you would think of yourself as a producer, electronic musician, right? Uh, yeah, and DJ. And DJ. And yeah, yeah. I, I can I can play guitar and bass and. Well, that's cool. Beat. So you're you're full full musician. You're not just like a guy playing a CDJ. Like, yeah, no, I don't even play CDJs. I just do vinyl. Oh, that's awesome. That, that's yeah. that's good to hear. Cause yeah, I'm I, an old school like electronic musician, so I actually have Moogs and Rollins yeah. and Profits and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't <laughs> use uh, any DAWs at all. I use all gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a total DAWless guy too. I'm a yeah. I'm, I record that, it all just straight to Audacity and and. That's it. <laughs> That's cool. Like I, I record right to a Zoom R24. I got a, I got I a go, Zoom, I got a uh, Zoom H, H4N. <laughs> H4N. Yeah, I go right to a Zoom R24. It's like 24 tracker, and then it goes oh, right to SD card. Nice. So you, and you can like bounce to 48. So you can do a lot of cool stuff. And it's got like, it's got like C414 mic profiles and SM57s. And oh wow, you, you got you all the different do, mic profiles. Does it have like the Russian? Yeah, it's this. It's, it's it has oh, wow. compression, it has effects, it has mastering. So you can go through one time and then you go back through again, and you can master mm -hmm. your stuff in different That's profiles. Awesome. Yeah, so I, it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've 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 taken a, uh, doing uh, a lot of mastering uh, live while recording. I've gotten everything kind of down to a to to a, a acceptable level. Anyway, yeah. for me. Um, and then the only mastering that needs to get done usually is uh, is uh, for vinyl. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I do all my initial mastering, like, and then I might take it to like. Well, I use I have some services I use like not to pop what they do, but I've got some you know distribution deals where I can get some additional mastering. But I do my kind of first cut myself. But we're gonna get into your song. I, I, we're gonna play it, and then on the backside, you tell me what the name is. Um, so we're going to get into it right now. Let me just cue it back up. So I think it actually, well, I might start where it is because it's like I'm on Instagram, so it's not as cool. But <laughs> I'm going to start it off. I'm going to put you on mute and we'll talk when it's done, okay? Thank you. 
So we're back. And so, Jed, uh, what, what's the name of that track? Are you back? Are you there? <laughs> no, I don't hear you. Jed? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you again. Um, so what's yeah. the name of that track? Uh, Bell Isle Boogie. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Bell yeah, Isle. So I, I... <laughs> island right off of the coast, of, right, up, right in the river, right off the shore of Detroit. That's cool. So, I mean, I was watching the video. We, you know, on the video podcast, we we were gonna try to do a video, but we couldn't do it kind of technical issues. But I, I saw you with your gear, and mm -hmm. it, it, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like I don't know if you ever see my stuff. It's like I I got this big stack, like like a yeah. I watched a couple of your videos, man. You got a pretty cool setup. Yeah, it's like I, I I'm a I'm, I'm like trying to be like Vic Wakeman or like Bernie Wall. Um, they but, both <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do, but um. Let me get into the into the um in the questions because I, I like to go through uh, the questions with all the artists we talk to. So um, the first question we always ask everybody is like, you know, like when did you first get first get into music and at what age? You still there? <laughs> Hello? I lost you again. Uh... Hello? Hello? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me so, now? Uh, the, yeah, I can hear. So, what, like, when did you first get into music? At what age? Uh, I was, I was eight, 
actually. I, I was into music a little bit before that, but I didn't. Uh, I, was, I was eight, and I was at the park um, with right. We had this park by our house, and they'd have break dancers out there all the time. Mm-hmm. This is in the eight. Um, and uh, I heard Zap and Roger, more bounce to the ounce. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, what is that?" That's and that's what did it for you. That's what did it for me. I was I was I was hooked. I wanted to find out how they made those sounds. I wanted to learn how to break dance. I wanted, yeah, <laughs> I was about it. After I heard that, and then I, you know, then I heard Planet Rock and some other stuff, and I was just like, "Wow, this is yeah. so cool." Yeah, Planet Rock kind of did it for me. I mean, well, I'm a little bit different because I'm more of a, like a new wave guy or mm-hmm. pro- progressive thing. But I do, I do like like, like original hip hop, you know, because mm-hmm. um, there's something about the vinyl original hip hop, you know. And when oh, they yeah. were, yeah, and even when they started doing the 808s and the TBO through and the mini mogs over it, um, you know, it's just I just like the kind of the kind of guttural power of it because it's kind of got like a little bit of a punk aesthetic because like they just got to do what they want you know yeah there's no rule you know yeah so it's kind of like if you think about the sex pistols and the clash early rap has got that same kind of guttural that energy energy yeah because it's like like, hey we don't care if you're not supposed to do that we're gonna do it you know that's pretty cool um So how long have you been working on music since you got interested in it? When did you start actually like, um, try, trying to do it? Um, I started trying to play instruments like really early on. Like, I mean, when I was eight, I, I, my family played instruments. My mom played guitar and cello and my dad played uh, trumpet and recorder and all sorts of stuff. And so like, we were always encouraged to play instruments. And um, so at eight, I was playing the recorder I was also messing around on the piano. I didn't have lessons or anything. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's all about having fun. And that's something that, that uh I really appreciate about my parents is they were they they were more concerned with us having fun playing instruments than us, you know, learning trying to go to conservatory. Either. You know, they're not trying to get you into a conservatory. No, no. You get you to go play like you know, concert piano and you gotta Yeah, yeah. They weren't trying to, you know, do some stuff to type of thing you know you, yeah well that's the thing about like i my background is my dad was a big like uh james brown motown fan and he had oh. all this che- all this che- all the chess records right he had all these 78s he had like every motown album right mm-hmm. on vinyl and you know and then i grew up you know with the you know the early stuff and then you got like songs in the key of life and all the stuff that stevie was doing and then i that's what kind of got me into sense because I heard like a Yamaha GX1 Ooh. on uh, like Saturn and uh, Village Ghetto Land. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> right. And, and I'm like, that thing is so nasty. It's like it's a polyphonic analog synth, and it don't sound like, like any, other, any of the other ones. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't sound like anything else. And I'm like, and he actually, and I heard in an interview, he said, I could have had an orchestra do it, but it's better on the synth because it doesn't sound like anything else. Yeah. And so I said, that's, that's the kind of, that's why you use a synth. You try to take it, you don't necessarily want to sound exactly like a piano. You want to do something else, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't need it. Yeah, if I have my Moog, I'm not going to try to make it sound like something. I'm going to make it sound like some space Moog. <laughs> you know, but... Um, I want my so, Moog to sound like a harmonium. Yeah, why would I do that? <laughs> uh, but um, it's like, so when, when do you realize that you had a talent and you wanted to write your own music? Because a lot of people get into music... You know, and they do a cover band and is doing like Zep or they're doing like, you know, Freebird all day. Um, when, well, when did you think you wanted to do like something different than this cover band type stuff? Or you like, you want to do your own thing? Ever since I was a little kid, um, I, 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 I never really tried to learn other people's songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I had a friend show me uh, like a couple chords on Weezer, Say It Ain't So. And that's about all that I've, <laughs> all that I've uh, actually like learned how to how to play um other stuff i kind of figured out but i was really more about the experimenting and and you know coming up with my own ideas and that was always encouraged at, at my dad's house um so really from the beginning I, I like i was always trying to come up with my own songs um i think that's awesome because like the, 
nine years old? Because, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's interesting because, like, almost everybody I talk to when I get into this, right, most of them are, like, under 10 years old. Yeah. Like, I've been talking – I've talked to, like, almost 80 singer-songwriters um, and bands and stuff since 2018. And every time I talk to them, like, most of them are, like, under 10 years old when they, they found out that they really loved music. And then, you know, by the time they're in their mid-teens, they had their first bands – they had their, their writing stuff. They're, you know, they got a guitar. They got a, they got a synth. They got like you know, yeah, a, we, groove, my, a groove box my or something. Band was uh, eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> eighth grade. Oh, that was cool. So, what first? What's your first instrument that you tried to you know learn? Uh, the first instrument that I actually tried to learn and took lessons for was the saxophone. Saxophone. Alto. Alto. I wasn't in a band or anything. I just took lessons. Yeah, yeah. And I played at home, uh, but eventually I. I I had to take my dad had me taking so many lessons and I just got tired of it. Yeah, if you're not into jazz, you're probably not going to be into it. Oh, I, I love the saxophone and I love jazz. I didn't yeah. love. Maybe you didn't like your teacher. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like my teacher. Yeah. Oh, you faded a little bit. Try to get back in. You just faded a tiny bit. Are you back? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, um, yeah, I mean, I th the interesting thing is I started on a clarinet and just like a wind. And there's a lot of people, you know, because you go to school and, they, you know, you, you didn't do it because you're in a band or something. But like I was kind of like I was on a recorder and then I picked an instrument. I picked a clarinet. And then later, like I'm, I'm it's like 1978 because I'm like 53. Right. And so mm -hmm. I, I, I see like MTV. I see like Joy Division. Right. Yeah. And I see like you know, love is going to tear us apart. And I'm like, oh my God. It's like, yeah. I don't want this clarinet. I want, <laughs> I want to, I want to find what that synth is. Right. And yeah. I want to figure out what these guys are doing with these fenders and stuff. And I'm like, and so then I just, I just totally went into, I started, I started looking for synths in, in like junk stores. Mm -hmm. And I was trying That's to find like, like 106s and stuff, trying to find, you know, ones that were beat up and fix them. Um, yeah. Yeah, I used to have a 106. You know. Yeah, just like that's the kind of thing. It's like I, I would see these guys on MTV and I say, hey, this these guys are kind of just kicking out, doing whatever they want. I, I, I'm going to do it too. It's like, and, 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 you know, I'm 17 and I, I, we had this punk aesthetic. We like the Clash. We like mm -hmm. the Who. We like, you know, like a lot of the bands coming out of CBGB. Um, so we were like, yeah, that's what we should do. We should just, you know, just have a punk aesthetic and just do this stuff. Um, I think that's when people like you love what what you're doing. We didn't care if we made money. You yeah, know, we get to go to house parties and people boo at us and say, "What the hell are you doing?" And we're like, you know, we just trying to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. uh, so did you ever get to, did you ever uh, get into suicide? What do you mean suicide? What, what do you mean uh, the, the the band suicide? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like suicide. Yeah, there's a bunch of well, there's suicidal tendencies, but Not there's suicidal a tendencies, just suicide. Suicide. Well, I don't know if I heard them. I mean, I was in the oh. Husker Do. I was in the Black Flag. I was into a lot of stuff on SST. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's uh, these guys were like early seventies to. Oh, lost you a little bit. My, yeah, my phone, I got it. So I, it's dying on me. Um, it's just two guys. Uh, uh, Martin, what's his name? Anyways. Well, I'll uh, check I'll, him I'll, out. I'll, yeah, yeah, you should totally check him out. It's, it's some wild stuff. Since since stuff, it's really, really, really uh, intense. I like that. Cause I like that. Yeah, I like that early kind of like Joy Division, new early New Order. You know, these guys are on, on a like kind of like a a, a dark, a darker. Synth. Like noise. a Depeche, like a Depeche Mode or Nine Inch Nails type of thing. You almost like like uh, you know Throbbing Gristle. Oh okay, okay, I get it. Yeah, kind of like that. Like these, these okay. guys were the first uh, people to use the word punk. Wow. Really, as a as a term for music, they called That's their cool. music. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Interesting. So they did it before like Johnny Rotten and the Sex Pistols. Oh yeah, yeah, they did it in like '71. Wow, that's kind of like Death. If you ever heard of the band Death, they were like in like '72, '73, '74. Good. Woo. Yeah, yeah, Death. That's a cool band. I mean, I like the Stooges too. Yeah, you know, or MC, oh, yeah. MC Five, like MC Five, one of the yeah, greatest ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, MC Five. I mean, like, I think uh, Rage Against the Machine tried to channel them like on a record one time. Um, yeah. 
I could, I could see that. I could totally see that. Yeah, they, uh, actually, they did a couple of covers of MC5 songs. And I'm like, wow, that they did it pretty good. <laughs> I mean, kick out the jam still is the jam. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the, it's the kind of thing. It's like that kind of, it's that first, like real, it's that real hardcore punk song before the clash, before the Sex mm-hmm. Pistols. Maybe this other band you're talking about, like they maybe done it before them. But, yeah. um, you know, I always say that the Who, though, might be the first real punk band. The Who, I mean, they were in the '60s and they were they were doing some wild, you know, out there stuff. They were getting noisy. Yeah, like like my generation's got some punk aesthetic type stuff Definitely. on it. Yeah, it's kind of a punk album. You know, it's just, it's not normal. It's, they're not talking about what like going out with a girl. <laughs> no, no, they they're talking about much much deeper and and yeah. and even not very deep subjects. But like, you yeah, know, just playing I, around, I, like just effing around, like like a punk band, you know, will f yeah. around like the Ramones because going crazy and saying something that's silly but um but um okay so what are, who are your influences we've been talking a little bit about it i mean i could figure like the studios mc5 but maybe giving me like your specific like My influences electronic music influences well just anybody like because like you, you could be an electronic musician but you could be inspired by like the velvet underground oh right? yeah yeah. And so that's um, why I'm talking about like in terms of I like to know everybody's kind of references and influences, even if it's not in your genre. Yep, I think your mic went up in. Try it again. You're back? Yeah, yeah I'm you're here. Back. Yep, yep. Hello? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um Apex Twin. Yep. Um who else? Uh the special. Oh yeah, um, I know that. I know that. Yeah, That's a good band. Um, yeah. Um, who else? Uh, oh, oh, uh, Mad Pro. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's so many. It's it's tough. Like, yeah, I mean, it's uh, hard Hot, to. Oh, it's yeah, hard to nail cool. it down. Like, uh, yeah, I, mean, I would try to give people like a top 10, maybe like a who, okay, you know, yeah, it, yeah. it, it kind of goes it, from like where you are, you know, because you could be have you could be like really into television right now, and the yeah. next week, like you're into who's could do, and next week, you're into the replacements, yeah. you know, you never know. <laughs> it, it can, you know, and some days it's the butthole surfer. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I love my, my cousin got me into those guys. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I was a huge fan in the, in the 90s, and I still like them today, but I don't listen to them every day, you know. Um, yeah, I like a band called Camper Van Beethoven, but they were kind oh, of yeah. real psychedelic. Yeah, they, yeah, they were very psychedelic. Yeah, yeah, they were really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, because I was just a big fan of anything on SST, anything mm-hmm. on Sub Pop, you know, anything on IRS. I was just going to all the small labels because I was like a radio DJ at my college. I went running like, okay, I'm just going to run everything on SST. Yeah, and well, SST was, used like, to send stuff out like that anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I had so many SST catalogs. Oh my god, um, Minutemen. That's one. Of, actually, that's actually in the top ten. Oh yeah, yeah. With Minutemen are. All, I had tons of stuff from them. I had. Yeah, I, I had all their albums. I, I had them all on cassette, but um, I just I wish I would have had the vinyl. Uh, they were they're incredible. Like, like, yeah, they're a great band. I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of stuff on vinyl because I actually I was buying it when it was vinyl was the main thing. Yeah, yeah. I um I just didn't have a record player when I was when I was younger. Um, I didn't get one until I was in high school. Actually. I was lucky because my dad, like I said, he was an audiophile, so he mm-hmm. had this big cabinet one with the ah. cabinet speakers, right? And he, it was like you know he had the kind of he had actually like multiple record. They would like record changer, so you could put like oh, five yeah. records on it, and he had the big speakers on it. You know, it was my like, dad had a Marantz. Oh wow, it had like tube amplifiers and stuff. Yeah, my dad had a Marantz. It was an incredible sounding system, and I and I got the I got to play records when I was at his house in the summer, but that was it. Um, was yeah. mostly just tapes. Yeah, we had an eight track. Well, he had in this system. He had an eight track on it, and he had the vinyl platters. Oh wow! So it, like we used to listen to like tons of stuff, and then, um, it was just really amazing to be able to hear like even them because it's like analog tape and in vinyl. It's yeah. gonna. It's just gonna sound. You know, so oh, that's I, what, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, what a, I mean. I'm a tape head all the way. I used to have a reel to reel until it got lost in a in a fire. I was doing Tascam four trackers for years because I like to capture like my modes like directly into our analog tape. You know, yes, that's the way to do it. Yeah, because it's just like, like I don't got to worry about compression. I don't got to worry about crap. You know, for my dog. 
nice hot, warm recording. Not too hot though. Yeah, well, the problem with modes is they take over the mix, and then people don't oh, like yeah. it. That's why the DX7 kind of came in and blew it out. But I still like the fact that it does that, and, mm-hmm. and you, you kind of got to write knowing that that's what it does. You know, right? so if you know that it's that heavy, mm-hmm. then you kind of make your stuff heavy. <laughs> or, or you know, you got a good you got a good mixer. That's really where it's at. Is, is yeah. I found I can I can skimp on all sorts of other gear. I can buy the cheap synth and make it sound cool. Oh um, yeah, we can always but, throw effect pedals on everything and like blast yeah. it out. You can yeah. take a Casio and make it sound like super crazy. It doesn't matter though if your mixer's crap. Oh yeah, yeah. if you got a crappy it's mixer, you're gonna sound like out on you, and you got you know white noise on half of them, and you know pots clicking and popping yeah. and hissing, and yeah, it's, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's when you go into the DAW, but then you go in the DAW and there's like. <laughs> the problem I had I had some guy I was working with, like so I'm all analog and I'm working with this guy with FL Studio. And then he'd go and, and do his rendering. And then all the effects that he heard, what he heard was not what he got after. Oh, wow. Every time he rendered it, it was like he would get so frustrated. He couldn't say, your sound is exactly what you want it to be. But every time I take do all my effects change and do everything, it, it's not coming out. I mean, he, had, he had a crap PC. That's probably why. But, uh, <laughs> um, but um, you got a crap PC, then you get a bad mix. And you're like, okay. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, but um, so like you, the workflow question doesn't apply to you because you're not using the DOS, so we'll jump out of that. No. So, so you're I, using I, a t- traditional <laughs> Audacity. Audacity. Yeah, That's I cool. have a big, I have a big mixing board, a Mackie 32, oh, um, nice. that I use for certain things when I have a lot of inputs. But usually, mm-hmm. I'm just doing everything right into my uh, Allen Heath's own DB2. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's a DJ mixer, but it's got awesome, awesome effects. The effects on it are incredible. And, um, but yeah, I, I pretty much just, I try to run cheap synths, honestly. I used to teach uh, uh, elementary school kids about electronic music and DJing. I'd go and do a, a weekly class with them. And um, they were fourth graders, you know, so I wanted it to be something that was potentially accessible. You know, yeah, yeah. so it was no sense over, you know. $300, basically. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of little Arturias and Yamahas and low, you know. Oh, the Korg Volca series is awesome. Yeah, both, yeah, I mean, you can get low, like, the boutique modules from Roland. You know, they got these low modules. They might be a little more expensive. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I'm kind of a, I'm, I'm a key player. So, I, I, I try to get, like, a synth that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 it's like a guitar player, right? Yeah, you kind of got to have. You're gonna play those keys. You got to have something that's gonna like a Juno or something. But um, yeah, I had a Juno 60 and a Juno 106. Yeah, yeah, that's I got a Juno GI, which is like a later version. Yeah, um, and then I got a couple of modes. um, But and I got a bunch of modular gear. Uh oh, you you went down the modular. Yeah. Well, it's all analog stuff, and I like the fact that you can CV it, so you kind of just rework the workflow. Well, so it's like <laughs> you can attach everything however the hell you want. Can yeah, you can. I've got like you know a ladder filter going into a state variable filter, going back into a ladder filter using a re- real spring reverb. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. And you can take a one LFO from a like you, the cool thing about the CV, it's like MIDI because I can take CV one LFO from a, like a profit and have the LFO of a profit drive a Moog. Yeah, and then yeah. it'll have a a a, a, a Moog driver rolling, and so you can you can kind of cross pollinate all these different things and run through different filters and different that's, envelopes. You get that's different what behavior. I've been, that's what I've been doing with MIDI. Is uh, I have a I got a TR8 as my main drum clock. Oh, it's nice. And I run that into a Novation circuit. Oh, that's which cool. Is my favorite in, electronic music instrument of all time. Yeah. It, that's it a nice machine. Awesome. For the money, there isn't anything better. Yeah, that's that's a good deal. I, mean, I use a BeatStep Pro from the Arturia. Beat Pro, I mean, yeah, the BeatStep Pro can do more things and all that stuff, but the the, the circuit's a standalone instrument. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like in a Kai Force. It was yeah. like the MPCs and the Kai Force. I'm actually thinking of getting in a Kai Force so I could kind of just do some standalone type of yeah, stuff. Yeah. The, the the new circuit, the circuit tracks, yeah. is it's like a beat step. Yeah, yeah, that's more. I, I love the beat step because I got it controlling a bunch of analog gear. 
Yeah, yeah, it's got so much I.O. on it. I got it running like all the CV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a CV, I have it CV in a, like a Moog D-Fan, which is an analog drum machine. My roommate has it. It's awesome. I love that drum machine. It's cool. Yeah, the D-Fan is so bass heavy. You know, you, oh, you yeah. can. It's you a can, summer. It, and then, then you can get it to do not to, you can do get, you can get it to do non-percussive stuff. You can get mm-hmm. it to do really out there kind of mini mode stuff. Yeah. If you yeah. figure out how to do yeah. it. You know, sign wave <laughs> stuff even. Yeah. It just, it's like, I have a mother 32. I got a grandmother and I got a deep end. and I got them all kind of cross pollinating together. Yeah. And then it's like, you got a crazy amount of oscillators. If you tie them all together, they get this like super oscillator, kind of like you have like a model 33 or 55 or something. Boom. You, you just slam in it and you can just like blow up the, Blow up the speakers. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely. You can blow I, I, watch, I, I watch my levels. I'm religious about that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I am a level watcher. Um, I might be the only one that does that in Detroit, but. <laughs> well, it's cool if you're like an electronic musician and you got your own mixer and you show up at the gig and you got your own like mixer before it hits the hits the other guy. Yeah. Um, because that's what I do. Because I've got like two. I've got like you know I got my R24 and I got a Roland MX1. Yeah, and I use the Roland Epic One to kind of create stereo mixes off of analog machines. So I'll take I, an analog machine, bring it in, and stereo it out into the Zoom. See, I have a um, because I run into a DJ setup. You know, I basically have my setup so that uh, I can DJ and play and play my drum machines and synths all at the same time. That's cool. I, that's what I think is the future of of DJing is more people using stuff like tracks and the force and you yeah. know and using like the lin instrument you know anytime I mean, I have, I have, yeah I, right now my setup is one turntable and then my tr8 going into the novation circuit it's my master clock and then i run two lines out of my circuit controlling two volcas yeah that's um, a cool setup volcas are good Volcas. oh are yeah really i got the volca kick the volca drum and the volca fm um all the weird ones well, you can yeah. do a lot with those little machines. Like, like the, oh, the Volca yeah. drum is insane. Yeah, I mean that's like I, I, I highly recommend it. It's like it's like it's it's similarities to the DFAM, but it's 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 not analog. It's digital, but it's yeah. It's, it's like like it's like that Roland like boutique stuff is like faux digital, faux analog. Well, this yeah, is a, this is a, more along the lines of like um because uh, it it. It's it's not playing samples of the of the of the sounds. I don't think. I think no, it's actually no. creating a digital synth. Um, for the drum machine, it's the parameters that you can change on it are incredible. Yeah, it, that's it, pretty nasty. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff you can do. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I think you dropped off a little bit. Yeah, your mic dropped out a little bit. Yeah, you're back. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Mike dropped when you were trying to say that. Go back and say what you were saying. Yeah, um, it's 160 bucks. It's an incredible machine. I, I, I recommend that, and the circuit I recommend more than anything because you have two uh, dedicated synths as well as four sample players. Um, uh, 128 steps per channel, so that's six channels of, of step sequencing, fully automated. You can record knob movements, uh, pad awesome. velocity, all that stuff. And you have a minute of sample time in there. I load all my own drum sounds that I make. Yeah, I that's, mean, that's the way to go. I mean, that's what, one thing I love about guys like you, you know, that they you know it really gets me, you know, feeling good about where things are going is, you know, because there's so many people that want to do the Fruity Loops and all that stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but what, what I, I'm kind of like, you know, like, you know, Planet Rock and stuff, right? Or you go back. And you get people, you know, that sample like Funkadelic. You get like a mm-hmm. band like like De La Soul. Yeah. And the De La Soul, their their choices in sampling, or even like the Bomb Squad. That's oh, yeah. like that's like that's like art. That's it, art. It, that's some solid selections there, you know. Yeah, it's really good yeah. art, you know. Because so I can respect that, but when I see a guy just like phoning it in and like jumping up and down, and then like, what are they doing on their board? They're, they're they're running like like a. Uh, uh, tractor or some shit. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, it's like, okay, I understand. It's like, so I'm like, are you an MC? Or um, they are a dancer. 
<laughs> yeah, it's more of a dancer. <laughs> they, they're Mario Long kind of a dancer. They're dancing on stage. Yeah, so I'm like, like, it's like, how can you think that the dancing is making the music? <laughs> well, it's not, you know. Um, <laughs> like most, that's the thing that's really, I think, unfortunate about DJing nowadays is that it, there was this point where it went, you know. Entertainment. It, it turned into digital. Yeah. And people didn't have to learn how to match beats. They didn't have to do any of that stuff. No, it's just so so much automation. Yeah, they would pick the tracks out and you know let the let the machines do the mixing. Well, I can see like okay, I can understand like if you put all your work into making your track, mm-hmm. and then when you go to the performance, you want to do like you want to be an entertainer. So mm-hmm. you're, you're jumping on a trampoline and you're doing flips yeah, or whatever. Sure. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, if, if you wrote it and you actually put it together, okay, fine. But this is a different type of thing, like where you're you're doing vinyl, mm-hmm. so there's got to be a certain level of skill. It's kind of like like a guy playing a Moog. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not just gonna run the sequencer; I'm gonna play it. Yeah, you know, you know, both. <laughs> I can do both, but you know, it's like some people might just run the sequencer all night. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and it's like I, I, if you if you use all your sequencers and you do some other things, like yeah, yeah I'm a I'm a one guy, so I've got like ten sequencers. I run all these clocks, you know, so I was like, yeah, I got stuff that's automated, but it's analog automation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, um, I don't know. I like, I like to also the, the chance for mistakes. Well, I think happy accidents, like, like the, think about it today, right? A guy like Keith Richards, a lot of it's producers, so they would like say, oh, you, you can't. Right. Because, like, if you look, if you try to clock Keith Richards into a doll, it's going to say, oh, you're messing up, you're messing up, you know, because it, it's yeah. not going to like his oh, timing. Totally no. You know, it's not going to get it. It's like, this is off. <laughs> We're going to fix it. Yeah, because it's, but it's off because that's the brilliance of it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, there's, you know, that's jazz. You yeah, know, I mean, he's playing like a jazz guy. I mean, he's a rocker, yeah. but he's got this jazz aesthetic. That it really makes the stone sound, you yes, know. Absolutely. That's amazing. You don't even think about think about that's the kind of like Neil Young and Crazy Horse when they do mm-hmm. their their kind of punkish stuff. It's actually because they're hitting notes a little off time. Yep. That makes it as vital as it is. It's mm-hmm. like why Nirvana sounds like they do. Like why why Husker Du sounds like that. You know because. That's- like Grant Hart and Bob Mould are just doing this kind of crazy stuff, and and it's not exactly perfect, and it, it's beautiful because it's not perfect. <laughs> yes, the beauty is in in, in the imperfections, and yeah. and it's like, when I hear something that is, I guess, considered technically perfect. Yeah, usually I, I don't like it. <laughs> it's boring. Yeah, but the, if you get the perfect sound, right? If, a lot of these producers, and I don't want to come down on them, and I'm not going to mm-hmm. say who they are. But they, they spend all this time trying to get the perfect kick, trying to get the perfect, like, like synth pad and make it so lush and whatever. But it's like, it's boring. It's yeah, like, it's like you know, it's like elevator music. Soul. Yeah, it has no soul. I mean, it's like, we really think about like James Brown in the, in the, in the, fame, in the Flames, right? Yeah. They didn't do that. They, I mean, they it might was- get a really good drummer to lock in, but they're kind of just riffing. Yeah, you but know. James is also very, very, very big on timing. Yeah, his so, timing is awesome, but yeah. he's he's riffing the lyrics. Yeah, he's riffing the lyrics, but if, if his guys got off time in the band, they got. Oh done. yeah, well yeah, they got deducted, but it's basically like it's like he's the conductor and he's saying bring this part in, bring that part in, and it's kind of random, kind of stream of consciousness. Yeah, and the timing is perfect. The guy, yeah, but they they play with it like jazz guys. They come in, they come out, they come back to it, they go back out of it. You know, yeah, they did in between each other, all that stuff. Yeah, and that's the interplay. But today, it's like you get people like if you try to improvise like that, it's like no, you got to stay on the grid. Because <laughs> <laughs> like my whole thing is I don't do that, right? And this guy came to me, he wanted to do a collaboration, and I said, "Do you really understand what the ghost is about?" Because he said he wanted to work with me. <laughs> and then he kept on saying I wasn't in time on the doll. And I said, but I'm never on time on the doll. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to be on time. You got to actually I'm on play. I'm on, I'm on my tape, tape though. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah, you, gotta, you actually got to play with me. 
you know. Yeah, and they, they don't get that either. Like, no. but there's I don't know. There's this younger bunch of kids that um you know thanks to doing doing the party that I used to do out here in Midwest Press, um I got introduced to that are are they're they're hungry to learn. They're like that's cool. But well, I think every generation that gets burned out, like EDM is burning them out. Mm-hmm. You know, trance is burning them out because, like, after a while. I mean, that happened in the nineties. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I think eventually you burn, get burned out. I mean, disco got burned out. Yeah. You know, so it's back again. I love disco, actually. Well, I think disco was like it shouldn't have got burned out because it's really got you know it's it, there's a lot of technical skill in it. There's a yeah. lot of I mean, it's basically funk. And then it's got all these like really lush violins and horns and stuff going on. There's disco though that like was underground, you know, like uh, like like the no wave stuff um, in New York. Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's some underground disco that is incredible. It's great. I think it's It's like the Bee Gees kind of stuff. It kind of blew everybody out because it's like they heard it too much. It was it what this is this is what happens with any uh, musical movement from what I've noticed is. Something that attracts the youth, the big record companies jump on it. And they cloned it to hell. The hell <laughs> make it awful, useless garbage, and then move on to whatever the next big thing is. Well, they go like even today. I I, I see these pitches. Like I'm part of this like group that like that, that gets pitches, and mm. and you'll see the pitches like they get like sound like Drake, sound like this, sound like that. <laughs> Right, and they, and and they're telling you exactly what to sound like and to clone it so they don't have to pay Drake, right? And I'm and I'm I'm looking at that and I'm like I'm never doing that. It's yeah, like, that's garbage. So but, I don't do I don't. But I was like, they want to keep on just regenerating the same thing because they think that makes money. Well, you know, Pharrell got sued for uh, sounding like for vibing like Mar- Marvin Gaye, <laughs> and I'm serious. He got sued for it, and and uh, the Marvin Gaye uh, estate won. So. Well, Watch yeah, out. I mean, because if you if you get too much like a ice ice baby, if you if you get too much like you take that Queen Bowie song, mm-hmm. and then you say that you actually changed it when you didn't. Yes, that's that's just that's that's Rob Van Winkle being being a being a dumbass. <laughs> He's just like I changed it. Like, no, where didn't. did you change it? <laughs> he didn't change it at all. He didn't even do it. That's the thing. It's like he wasn't even the producer for it. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> it's just interesting that you know you get this thing but but i think what's really cool is it's really interesting is like because of things like the volcas because of yeah. like really cheap analog or faux analog little you know boxes people yeah. can the kids can get these things and they don't have to use the fruity loops they, yeah. you know they, they can actually get their hands on a on a, a music making tool and that's what i was big on the circuit you know with these kids yeah kids that because you can get one for under 300 bucks that's just you know? brilliant you know that that's like 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 i back in the day i had a casio cz 101 mm-hmm. I, had and, one of, I had one of those too and that thing was awesome because you could do you could do really cool synthesis and it was a little tiny little thing and people say oh, that's a little shit box whatever oh. French. but but you know uh it's like no it wasn't you, oh. you, could, you could do a lot of i mean i put like like boss effect pedals on it I would oh. go and put like a phaser and a distortion, and, they, and then it would give. I make it scream. Oh yeah, sure. and it's awesome. all yeah. I mean, that's an old synth trick: is to grab a bunch of pedals and string yeah. them together, and then throw your synth through it. You know, it, it, it's fun. I had a I, I when I was like eight and nine, my dad had the, the Casio. Um, what was it? Uh, one of the other ones, like the has a Casio. It was, it was, a, it was one that uh, you could sample things on it. Oh, I have one of those. I still have it. That had yeah. a little tiny it's sample one. I still different. got it. Yeah, like, it's a little black it's one. It's like mini keys up. on it's it. It's really funny. Yeah, but you could use it. I would just go and put it into my task here mm-hmm. and then use it to like sample little things. I would and sample. Yeah. I would what? sample parts of beats and then oh. play, and then just and then put a weight down on the key. Oh, and, cool. Yeah, just yeah. Have it repeat. Yeah, and that that was part of my beat, and I would change the beat up by you know maybe pressing up like another key real quick to get like yeah, yeah. a you know roll effect or whatever. Um, yeah, and that's that was my drum machine because I didn't like the drum sounds on the <laughs> on the keyboards. Yeah, one of the things I, like I got was I, I didn't like the beat. Yeah, yeah. I, I one one of the things Nobody's I got was I got one of the. Ball. Oh, that's awesome. Nobody. Well, I think you know, I think it's cool. <laughs> 
to 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 use what you have. I think it's kind of like Jack White said he used like a hundred dollar guitar, like yeah. a plastic guitar, and yeah. it's really like like okay, you don't have to have a ten thousand dollar guitar. Like if you, if you know how to play, you're gonna rip it. That thing rocks. Yeah, I mean you're gonna rip it. But like you know, I like to take samples of like my own songs. I'll go take like a ghost song, like five year old song, and then resample it into like a morphogene. I got okay. like this Eurorack sampler, and then I'll kind of phase it and reverse it and like time warp it. Yeah, because the, the, the one thing about my morphogene sampler is it actually time phases, so it'll take the middle of the song in multiple points in the song occurring at the same time. Wow. So it would just make multiple, and it can randomize it. So and then you like can. Granular synth? It's kind of like a granular synthesis because it, it basically is a Eurorack sampler, it doesn't even have a screen. It's all mm-hmm. visual. It's all dials. And then you can trigger the samples with controlled voltage. So mm. you can go and take your LFO and have your LFO trigger where the sample is going to happen. Or you That's can wild. have an envelope generator ch- trigger where the sample is going to happen. So it's a CV enabled analog sampler that That's can, cool. and so you can do, you can have like a DFAM running it, you know? Yeah. And so then it, it does a lot of crazy stuff. And you, and you can get it to do like really long envelopes and, things that kick back in like 15 like 10 minutes later yeah right <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just a lot of cool you know if you're a guy that's playing by yourself having kind of kind of random events yes. triggered by I, like yeah i love yeah <laughs> um i used to have an ipad um and it lost that to a flood but uh <laughs> um yeah. it had this program i got this program on it called uh, borderlands mm-hmm. and what it was is a, a, a granular synth playback. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Oh, did I lose you again? I think I lost you for a second. And the Borderlands stuff, I don't anymore. So it's only available, I think, for uh, Windows machine, uh, Windows tab- tablet. That, that's the one thing I hate about some software is like, as soon as something goes away, then you lose it. Um, that, oh, that's why I've always liked I the hardware sense. <laughs> like if the, op, yeah, if the operating system goes, then you then you you lose your library, you lose all your stuff, and you, you can't well, yeah, update I, it have, I, I lost everything in a fire, so I lost yeah, that, hundreds hundreds of hours of, of real real quarter inch tape that oh, that's terrible, and three thousand records and all sorts of stuff. But like um, worst nightmare. Is to lose yeah, all my, lose all my SD cards and all my, all my like. Can I back everything up? Because I don't trust hard drives, so I put into on the SD cards uh, a bunch of my stuff, and then yeah. it's like I worry like somebody's gonna go just grab all my SD cards. <laughs> I mean, I I I record and put send it directly to my Dropbox. Yeah, that's a good idea. I've been running things to my like you know Google Drive and or, or and backing it up. On I don't trust Google, Google, but um, Dropbox. I had an issue. Where uh, my uh, iCloud was was uh, randomly deleting things on my Dropbox. Oh, that's not cool. It was terrifying. Yeah, that's very terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I've got I got two terabytes of, of recorded music on that. Um, <laughs> that that's like a total nightmare because like if you got all your reference material and you're trying to control it. Yeah. yeah for, for I used to use like like a like a time capsule. Well, that's but that's what they did is is um, uh, I, I talked to an actual human who worked for Dropbox, who helped me through the whole thing, helped me figure out what the hell was going on because I couldn't figure it out, and um, and you know fixed everything. They can wind stuff back in time, something like I don't know, sixty days or so. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's one cool yeah. thing about having cloud backups, but then you're like you hope no hacker ever gets into your raw material and then like steals all oh. your beats. <laughs> uh, no, no. You know, I, hey, hackers. I, I've been dealing with, with some of that lately. Um, yeah, because that's that, that they really, you know, that's that that's the thing. Like you get these guys that can wherever they are. I, I won't say one place or the other because they're all yeah. over the place. But these ones are here where I live. <laughs> well, you know, they're they're international and they're like in in the country. Like, yeah, they, they, they're basically wherever they want to be. Mm. Um, and they, you know, they just like to steal intellectual property. And then they started to figure out, well, music is an intellectual property. Yeah. So, so then there's like, oh, I'll steal all these beats and they'll sell them. 
Ah, uh, that what's going on now, there? Yeah, yeah. There, there, there are specific hackers looking for musicians, try to break in their stuff, take their stuff, and then sell their groups. You know, that's what you know. That's oh, why you, That's why you got to like get in a in a rights organization like ASCAP or BMI, and like make sure you license all your all your stuff. So if they I do mean, it, honestly, then you get paid. You know, for what you do. Yeah, I mean, I don't like. I don't. I. I part of me wants to to get paid, but then another part of me is like, you know, once you start making a living off this, it's going to change the dynamic of the music. Well, I think it's also good just to protect your work and whether or not you're yeah. going to get paid or yeah. not. It's just a I good idea to, to like, protect your work just, just so nobody's goes and takes something you did and you put someone to work into and then rip you totally and off. Puts their name on it. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's more of not about trying to be a millionaire. I'm in a BMI. I don't make a mass amount of money. But, yeah, yeah. But it's more to like, I wrote this, I put time into it and I don't want somebody freaking just stealing it because they didn't put any effort into doing that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? it, it, so much of that. Yeah. and it's it's rampant. I mean, the the, your, the record companies like will will you know, like if you don't watch it, they'll steal it when you sign the contract. <laughs> oh yeah, no, the record companies been ripping off musicians since day they'll one. They'll steal it right in your face. They'll smile in your face and steal it. <laughs> yeah, they, you know that's that's they have a long long history of that. Yeah, that's I, what they do. <laughs> I have no love for the big record companies. No, I mean that's why I think we're all in this indie kind of bedroom producer world. Is yeah. because we want to be able to do our art the way we want it. Yeah, and um, I don't want to, you know, just because, just because, you know, this particular uh, American Idol singer is popular doesn't mean I need to sound like her. You know, well, it's like it's like Clone Wars, and I, I, I always it's like yeah. everything in they, all the PR guys is like they see something, they want to make a hundred copies of that. Oh, you, yeah. I mean, you listen to Spotify and, and that crap. It's like. Yeah, it's just tons it's the of. Ho- <laughs> you know, it's, it's the same producer using the same damn beat with the same yeah. sense in the same stuff, and then telling everybody. <laughs> but the thing I hate about it is they're telling everybody that's what a song is. Mm-hmm. And I get like I grew up in the seventies, right? Yeah, and, you know, I, it's like I'm like, well, I'm listening to Pink Floyd. I'm listening to, you know, Zeppelin. I'm listening to like you know Sun Ra. Mm-hmm. And it's like. You know, I'm, I'm into the almond, brother. I used to go see the. I used almond to follow the almonds. I follow the almonds. I go see like three concerts in a row. I saw them at the Jazz Fest in '96, and they blew my mind. Yeah, because it's like that to me. Like that, I can't. I can't help it. But I was like, I'm always gonna say, I'm sorry. But when you see Dickie Betts and you see uh, Greg Almond on the stage, you know, with Warren Haynes or something, it's like you you can't match that. <laughs> you know? One thing blew me away about Almond Brothers was the drums, man. Well, the double drums, the, the, the double. I mean, the drums are like ma- maniac. They're all unbelievable. The drums, the whole. And I thought I went to New Orleans in, in jazz during jazz fest. Yeah, that's and, amazing uh, stuff. And it was incredible. The drums blew my mind. Like, well, I the level go- of yeah percussion in that band is unbelievable. Like, if yeah. you if if you actually listen to like their famous records. Mm-hmm. And you'd see what they're like they're doing. I mean, it's jazz. Oh it's, yeah. It's, That's it's, why it's, jazz. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it, it's a rock band that play can play heavy jazz, you yeah. know, and I'm like and they can do it like really at a level I'd never seen that again. You know, I mean Steely Dan was like forced jazz. This is more natural. You know, mm-hmm. Steely Dan, they do jazz, they have a bunch of Motown guys playing with them. Um, they got a bunch of guys that are jazz guys, but it's more, more like they yeah. they really try to write the hell out of it. They so do. they're yeah, they're writing stuff that's very precise. Where the almonds are like a real jam band, you know. Yeah, they're jamming. They're they're get, they're getting in the groove. Yeah, that's that's what I like. I, I'm yeah, always the drums, like that. man. That's really what blew my mind because I didn't know the almonds had drums like that. Yeah, um, I, I you know in '74, my older brother showed me like their their famous live album yeah on vinyl and he just kept on playing it and i'm like i just like oh my god i just i couldn't believe it i just i just got right into rock you know because he just kept mm-hmm. on playing it and you know everybody was into zepp yeah everybody's playing like zeppelin four but we were playing like you know we were hey. playing the live almonds brothers that you know you're getting, and, you're getting better education <laughs> i'll tell you that 
Yeah, I'm just like, damn. Man. I mean, I like Zep, but I like that. I like the blues. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm going to go they, more they, into they, that. They really, they really, uh, you know, definitely rip off some blues guys. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Zep, Zep, the problem with Zep is like, they, they, you know, compared to Keith, Keith will acknowledge what, what, he, what he took. Yeah, know, oh, yeah. Put the, he'll put the credit on the record. On a Stones yeah. record, he'll say what he took. But yep. Plant and, and those guys, they didn't put it down. If they were taking no. Robert Johnson, they're taking Lead Belly, and yeah, then they wouldn't put it down. And I'm yeah. sorry, but I can't I can't get into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. I know you know. I know okay. I know Jimmy Page knows that. He he yeah. knows that. He's but not he, dumb. They like money. And... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they want to pay them. And it's hard for those guys can't get lawyers, you know. <laughs> right. So, so it's like if you Order, can't get a yeah. lawyer, you're not gonna win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. It's, it's, it's you know, I don't know. I get hit with copyright stuff all the time on on Insta. And oh yeah, I mean it's just it's just rampant. Like if you're gonna be in the kind of, you know, you're if you're taking like 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 if you're sampling and you're mining it like a, the original hip hop, it's hard yeah. to do that without getting copyright strikes. Well, I'm, I'm just, I'll be playing my own music and they're saying copyright stuff. I'm like, oh, know. yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've had people actually say, like, I have a, say it's a ghost track. I said, well, that's my track. Yeah. <laughs> you so know, I'm like, which track are you talking about here? Because I, it's like my, own, it's my own crack. You know, I've, I've had like totally, it's not even sampled. It's just, I played a song I put out two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then I would go on a podcast and I play it. Yeah. And they say I'm playing somebody else's song. It's like, no, did you check who that is? That's me. Yeah. And then they then they then they, t- they take it off because I can prove it's me. But but I'm like it's like it's kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, they blocked like, my time and it's like <laughs> tell me tell me which track. Tell me who owns what because you're just telling me somebody else owns this. No, they don't. You know, like how and not only what that this is something that makes me mad is okay, I'll DJ some records. Like, they were coming after me on, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, you were just DJing? Bob James. Oh, okay. Bob James, uh, uh, Steam and Feeling. Okay. And I, I, uh, I got, I got, I do like an edit of that and I just grab like a little six second loop from it mm-hmm. and then chop it up and mess with it. And they they would hit me with that all the time, like, and I but I just kept I just kept playing it, and I was like, okay, well, I can go in the sticker section of Instagram and grab this same loop, even longer. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it depends on where where you get it from. Yeah, because if they yeah. if they if they if they're if they're the one pushing it, then it's okay. Mm-hmm. But if they're like, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of bogus. It's totally you know, bogus. Yeah, because it's like, you know, if you think about it, every blues song is coming from like Robert Johnson or Lead Belly, the original guy. Yeah. And so there's only yeah. so many ways you're going to do it, right? Whether Stevie Ray Vaughan does it or Hendrix does it or Clapton does it, whatever Money does it. Whatever. Yeah, they're all going to take that standard blues form. And are you going to tell me that you're going to put a copyright strike on that? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, so like in every form of music, there's a standard style, mm-hmm. and you're gonna end up hitting those notes. So are you but, gonna go and say who actually owns those notes? <laughs> nobody owns those notes. Stop it! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, I mean, is it, yeah. If, if I'm playing it, then you know, I'm playing it. If I decide to do uh, "Love Supreme," mm-hmm. if I decide to take a little "Love Supreme" and do it on my mode. Yeah, and I played it live. I didn't sample it. I played it. That's mm-hmm. me just having an expression. You're gonna jam me for that? Well, you it's know? like it, it's here's the thing, and and I and I noticed this the other day. Um, this, this, and I'm really I'm mainly like this is about the DJing stuff because honestly, like DJs don't make I, I don't know I don't make any money off of my DJ sets on Instagram. I'm yeah, not yeah. making money. I'm not getting any gigs. Um, you know, like, yeah, you want to be the artist that I'm playing now, anyways. 
you know? Yeah, like, it's like they would just want to pay the publisher. And yeah, it, you know, it, it it's, pretty, it's probably somebody else that owns it anyway. Compensation. Like they were coming yeah, well, after me saying that uh, um, I had this Bo Hansen uh, record. It's like a tribute to Lord of the Rings or whatever. It came out in 1971. They were trying to say it was uh, uh, tubular bells. I'm like, no. Well, come on. That's being really anal. That's being really, that's really, that's crazy. Yeah. Because some of that stuff is like, okay, it's, it's beyond it kind of time period to me. And there's some stuff that adds up becoming like public record again. Yeah. And that's, that's but there's some people that have gone and bought these catalogs. They, they got these big companies that went and bought some of this stuff. Yeah. Right. But and we don't know. And you don't even know they did. And then suddenly they're hitting you with a copyright strike. <laughs> it's dumb. It's so stupid on their part. Because because here's the thing is, you know, a lot of this stuff that like real DJs play, people that play vinyl, they're mm-hmm. playing odd stuff. That you're playing really like rare stuff. Record yeah. company good for that kind of exposure. Yeah, even, you would think they would like somebody's going to go find it. Yeah. And, they, and then they're going to buy it. Yeah. So why are you going to slam somebody? I mean, that's what people used to do, you know. People still do that today. Yeah. I know because you know. I have friends that work at record stores still. I used to work at, I've worked at a couple record stores, a record distributor. I mean, it's people are, are, are getting back into tangible yeah. things. I was talking to somebody about that just a, a couple, you know, a while back. I, there was, there's a big vinyl movement, you know. Yeah, yeah, they, they, I, I'm they, bummed out about it because what's going on with that is all these vinyl factories are pressing up freaking Led Zeppelin and Beatles albums that yeah. we don't anymore. I don't need that. Stuff. I don't need that. I, <laughs> you know, I, I think people. Well, I, I, I own artists. It's, it's really, well, the thing because for the indie artist, you know, for merch, you know, we just had T-shirts, and now vinyl gives you away like if i go to new york city and i just do a micro uh ghost release of like 100 records you sell all of them probably i sell them all and I make more money than i make on spotify all year yeah, yeah right <laughs> you know and if i do that four or five times i sell 500 vinyls i make pretty good money Wait. i don't even have to sell like a record label said oh you know to stay on the label you guys you guys sell two hundred thousand. well if you're just do it yourself and you sell like five thousand you're doing good. You can do, you can survive. You can yeah. tour. You can, you can actually do what you want. You don't have to sell a hundred thousand. Because the hundred thousand, what they give you, like a dollar, you know, if <laughs> no. you're lucky, uh, like uh, per, per record. If you do it yourself, you're keeping like 70% of it. Yeah. Um, you know, so why would you, why would you do that? <laughs> they don't want us doing that. That's why I feel like that there's a, there's a, uh, a squeeze on, on the vinyl industry. Um, Recently, one of the uh, lacquer factories, one of yeah, the caught a fire or something. Yeah, I wonder who did that. <laughs> I wonder. Sounds like something like uh, somebody, like somebody's Tony's friend did it. <laughs> yeah, not to come down on, but uh, yeah, it's like I think we need to do a job. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm gonna but, make you an offer you can't refuse. Yeah, well, it's the kind of records do we've had had kind of people like that floating around it for years, um, and that you know, and they still have. There's a lot of gangsters into it, you know, and it's like not oh. to put down gangsters, but there's certain type of gangster that you don't want. The, no, the, the one that takes your money when yeah, you're trying to work. A lot of that in dance music, honestly. Like, yeah, that's like a real thing. Yeah, well, they're just all over it, you know, and and, and you got to be careful because they're like, you know. They'll, they'll, they'll be hanging you out the window <laughs> at the 10th floor of some building. It's like, it's like sign yeah, this, sign this right now. <laughs> to say the least. You know, but um, yeah, I think we're, we're kind of at our time. We tend to go about 60 minutes. Okay. And, um, but yeah, I think it, we, we, we try to follow stuff, but sometimes it, the conversation kind of goes where it goes. Yeah. And we have a good time. Good and I think it's cool. Good talking to you. Yeah, so this is going to come out after I do some edits. I mean, I'm going to edit, edit, and it's going to get out there. Like I said, we're on a bunch of platforms. We're we're on Spotify podcast. Whether you like it or not, uh, hey, uh, I, we're on, hey, we're on I, Apple. I, I totally get it. Yeah, totally- but well, the cool thing about this, but the podcast is you don't actually have to subscribe. 
Like if oh, you wow. if, if you're like if you go on Apple or Spotify, you don't have to be a subscriber to listen to the podcast. They probably don't want me to say that, but that's that's the truth. So you can oh, actually cool. listen I, for free. I've got an Apple phone, so it works out good. I yeah, so you can listen to the Apple podcast for free. And if you go to Anchor FM, you can get that one. But we're going to be on Radio Public, Overcast. We're on like 11 different platforms. If you go out to Anchor, you can see the platforms that we're on. Um, cool. So it's going to cascade to all those within an hour or two after I do the edit. So sometime tonight, I will send you the main link. All right, awesome. And then you can just share it. And we also will put the highlight on a story on Instagram and you can share it. And that one will actually link to the Spotify one. So people can cool. play it right off of Instagram. Oh, so good they'll job. have a link. They'll go from a highlight and they'll go right to it. Okay. Awesome. That's All great. Right? So, yeah. So have a good time tonight, you know, go rip up some music, you know, get into it. And uh, that's what I'm going to do later. <laughs> yeah. Talk to you later, man. Yeah. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye.